Welcome to Cognizant Podcasts, tailor-made for easy listening. We bring you digital trends for busy executives on the go. So hi and welcome to Cognizant Podcasts. I'm here today with Emily from our retail team. Emily, would you like to introduce yourself? Sure. Sounds good, David. Thanks. So my background, I come from more of the design, experience design and agency side of what we do. Um, And currently, I'm the head of design and innovation for our CX, so customer experience practice. And my background really comes in blending emerging technology with design and figuring out whenever we do have new technologies, how people are going to interact with them, what does that design paradigm look like, and how do we teach people how to work with and use these new technologies through the interfaces and the systems we design. Superb, superb. So in my role as the global head of uh, generative AI, I kind of get involved in the back end of the technology. I don't get involved a lot in the front end. You know, sometimes we kind of get involved in some of the use case stuff, but I'm really interested to know, you know I think our, our listeners probably have pretty good handle on what generative AI already is, but I'd really love you to kind of summarize it in just like a, a, few, a few sentences. What do you think the most significant and immediate transformation opportunities are in the retail se- sector leveraging this new incredible super technology? No, definitely. I think there's a lot of different use cases and opportunities. But first and foremost, I'll just give you a few blurbs. It's going to be around how we actually do the shopping, do the commerce itself. Um, We're moving from a very structured way of shopping and online, um, kind of a system where you hunt and you search and you use keywords and what to find what you want, to a system where the technology will actually know how to interact with us. So it's a very conversational interface. You can just ask for what you want. Um, It's a very, very different experience for the human. Um, And it's gonna really revolutionize e-commerce. You know, the second thing that's gonna change is a bit more for the marketers on the retail side and the way that they do their work. And we're gonna really be able to have personalization, true one-to-one campaigns as generative AI is able to generate headlines, generate images, create a volume of content for marketing that just isn't possible right now with the current technologies we have. And then maybe the last one would be around customer service and how uh, retailers are gonna be able to support their customers, how they're going to be able to, again, personalize and give really interesting journeys. Um, and that's gonna promote loyalty and changes in all, in all sorts of ways that we shop and that, that retailers are able to build relationships. So that's really, really interesting. Actually, you know, we, we talk all the time in data science about segmentation of demographics and segmentations of customers. And you know, I think what we've done to this point is kind of segmented based on demographic or, or age or, or sex. But we're absolutely moving towards this this segmentation of one. And I think what I'd really like to understand from you as, as an expert in this space is, is what does that interaction look like? What does that actually, how will people interact in the future in, in their shopping experience? You know, will it be all online? Will it be in store? Will it be a combination? Will it be, I'll, I'll let you answer. You're much more, much better place than me. Definitely. I think it's going to it's gonna affect it in a number of different ways. So I'll kind of work backward in what you just asked. One thing that generative AI is going to do is it's going to allow us to have what I would call persistence in the way that retailers interact with their customers. And that's that you can start online, start kind of looking for what you want, end up in store. The associate that helps you will likely be able to have some sort of AI assistant who can surface what you were looking for when you were online, can provide information about your past history. So they're able to kind of just pick up right where the online experience left off. 
So I think it's going to provide some really interesting kind of changes in how you're able to shop and move through a retailer's ecosystem in a different way. The other big change that I see, going back to your, your point about segmentation, and data. It's not just that it's going to give us a one-to-one, though it certainly will. You will be able to, you know, pick not just product segmented on like me being a female and my age and what you know about me. It'll, it will get much more detailed than that. But more importantly, it's going to give you a level of sort of inference and nuance in how the shopping experience works. And so like, I'll give you an example for that. If I am going on a, a vacation, let's say to Hawaii, and I'm going to learn how to surf. Um, and I'm searching for bathing suits. I might be searching for something with sleeves, with a zipper up the front, kind of a wetsuit style. But then whenever I come back to the same retailer, say three months later, and I'm going on, you know, a second honeymoon with my spouse, and I'm looking for a bathing suit, it's going to give me very, very different answers. It's going to understand the nuance. So it won't just take the data from what I last searched for and show me similar things and assume that that is me as a person, it will actually be able to understand the context of where I am in my life cycle and what's happening. And it'll be able to give me entirely different results that are also still me. And I think that's what's really interesting about generative AI is the ability to understand that we as humans are complex and interesting people. And we don't always want the same thing. And my attributes that you got from me last week, they not have anything to do with what I want today whenever I'm shopping. So that's, yeah. that's really interesting. And actually, it kind of builds the back end and the front end really nicely, because one of the things we've been working on in the AINA, in the artificial intelligence analytics practice, is specifically designing different memory systems to support generative AI. So, you know, in context memory, short term memory, long term memory, so that we can actually you know, practically store those facts about you right, to implement this kind of thing in the back end and to be able to, to your point, right, build that long-term relationship with an individual client that can span multiple different modalities. And as you say, you know, understand contextually about different seasons, about different fashion styles. Uh, so moving on to, right, I think, you know, from a, from a retailer's perspective, I think there's, there's multiple different lenses they can look through. Obviously, interacting with the client is definitely one, but how is it going to help the, the retailer or in your opinion, how do you see it helping a retailer actually plan and design? You know, do you see it being used in, in kind of their, you know, them brainstorming about ideas or marketing or, or you know, different fashion trends? How, how can you see them using it, using it, how a retailer using it internally? So, I, well, I think retailers can use it internally, but I also think it might be disruptive to retailers. So whenever you think about like you can take social media and influencers with the ability to have like fast fashion and the way we can now produce fashion and you couple that with tools that are available now for design through generative AI, I think we're going to see a lot of disruption and a lot more people entering the space because you can actually design fashion, you know, yourself really easily. What does that mean for customization or highly personalized fashion? It's just going to disrupt. It's, it's not only disrupting kind of the, um, the marketing side of the house, but it's disrupting the design side of the house as well by giving alternate pathways to move through a design cycle. And so, you know, I know your background is a lot with how, with how humans and AI are going to interact. And I, that's very interesting for designers because we always talk about designers being AI doing the design and then humans having the oversight. But I think there's also a path where humans do design or humans make decisions. AI has the oversight. Um, and we might see both of those paths tested in the fashion world. Well, I think, I think you've just hit on a really interesting point that I don't think is necessarily been leveraged yet, which is, you know, people, you know, certain, well, certainly I have 
three daughters, right? And, and they all crave to be the uniquest one around their friends, right? And uniqueness is really, really important. And actually, I think from a retailer's perspective, you know, if we think about Dali or, or Stable Diffusion or any of these kind of image generation tools in the generative AI space, being able to prompt what you want from a piece of clothing or prompt a design that you want on the front of it and having something that is unique to you in the world because it's never been seen before. Yeah, that's got to be a massive opportunity for, for retailers. Yeah, I think we're going to see potentially a whole new space of sort of a DIY or co-design with retailers, whether you're talking about fashion or even pro just regular product design. Yeah. Um, I think there's opportunities across the board for that. So in the same way that AI is disrupting so many jobs, it's also a massive kind of democratizer and enabler for people who maybe don't have a trained expertise to enter into these spaces. So it's, yeah, it's going to be interesting. Hopefully it creates a lot more um, collaborations. You know, retailers are already really getting in that space, like I said, with the influencer market, but I think it's just going to expand that collaborative space. We're going to see, you know, an exponential increase in what we can get from products and design. Amazing. Amazing. So I suppose one of the kind of um, blockers, not blockers, but kind of the, the challenges to generative AI that we see, uh, and, and you know, I see it in many different industries when we're kind of working with different clients, is kind of is data availability, is privacy, and all these kind of things. How, how do we see, yeah, how do we see some of the challenges and obstacles being overcome in the retail space? I think it's probably it's probably one of the spaces where I can see the most opportunity to kind of work around these challenges and work with these challenges to to come up with novel solutions, but I really, I really appreciate your opinion on it. Definitely. I think you know, anytime we see challenges, I think we also see opportunity areas. So there are challenges around data, not only privacy and how it's used, but also the potential for data overload, because when we are able to create more and more products or have more and more conversations with our with customers or whatnot, what you're really creating is more and more and more data. Um, so you're going to have an exponential increase in, in data. And a lot of the platforms and systems that, you know, our clients have in place right now are not ready to handle that. So what do you do whenever you run, you know, generative AI marketing campaigns and you not only have one-to-one -one campaigns, but now you have 10x or 20x the volume of data that you had before. So those are going to be some things that I think um, a lot of partners and big platforms and key players in the space um, you know, whether it's like Salesforce or whatever things that Shopify is doing or whatnot, are going to have to start to think about how they enable um, retailers to handle all of that data. Yeah. Um, you've also got to think about data and privacy and even and even bias and how some of the AI models, you yeah. know, are trained. And so I think that those reasons are one of the reasons I think that we haven't seen more, especially customer facing generative AI solutions deployed. I mean, retail is almost always at the forefront of almost every emerging technology. But even here, what we're seeing right now is, you know, from a customer standpoint, more around maybe like a chatbot feature. Um, we haven't seen anyone really just redesign and rethink everything. And I think a lot of that is because of the, the privacy and the bias, the concerns. Um, of what may happen if they're sort of the first to the market in that way. But I also like to look at it from the reverse. So we have a lot of problems with human bias as well. Um, AI is mm -hmm. not the only thing in the world that has bias. Yeah, we as humans do right. <laughs> too. Yeah. So is there opportunities to explore flipping these models? Right now, a lot of retailers are using like an expert in the loop model where they have a human doing oversight of what the AI is doing, but there might also be opportunities to bring in AI to have oversight over what the humans are doing and see if we can catch some of the human bias that comes in. So there's sort of this nice loop and I think there's a variety of ways that we can start to think about how to tackle these, these challenges. Thanks for tuning into Next in Retail, a deep dive into generative AI. This conversation with Emily Fridman is filled with so many insights, we split it into two parts. 
You just wrapped up part one. To dive into the rest of our discussion, make sure to head over to the Cognizant SoundCloud channel for part two. Thank you for listening to the Cognizant Podcast, digital trends for busy executives on the go. 